Hello and welcome to Mac Gamecast episode 21. I'm John Carr. As always, with me today is Ted. It's just going to be the two of us. Everyone else is too busy to make it. So please enjoy the show. I could complain about Bethesda. <laughs> oh, that's that's uh, that's a great start. I like that. I like that uh, a I lot. Just, I spent a lot of time trying to get uh, Elder Scrolls to work on Mac. I... Oh my gosh! Uh, my brother gave me she he um, but they gave me the game for free as a gift. And uh, are we talking about the Elder Scrolls Online here? Yeah, Elder Scrolls Online. Okay. Yeah, it's an MMO. Okay, yeah, the, uh, right. yeah, and uh, it's a nice game. I I I reviewed it um, when it first came out back whenever that was what, ten, fifteen years, ten, twelve years ago. I don't remember. It's been a long time. And I think I reviewed it for him inside Mac Games, so I actually had an account with them. But it's been many years, and I figured the game's probably matured, and mm. they've probably made some improvements, and um, you know, it might be worth a go with it. And he was kind of interested in trying to play it together, so I said, I'll give it a shot. And I thought, oh, good, and there's a Mac version. I'll be able to play on the Mac side. Cool. <laughs> and um, I, it's like... Hundred and some odd megabytes down a, gig, a gigabytes download. Right. I mean, it's it's immense. And so I let the computer slog through the whole freaking download. You know, <laughs> got it in. You know, found out that after all those years, my account was still hidden in the archives of Bethesda. So I had a character that oh, I had nice. worked on back. You know, and so I I get everything set up. I load it in. And the camera spins. Oh, no. I mean, I mean, it was like, it was almost sickening. I mean, you know, like, I'm in one position and the world's spinning around me like a whirlwind. Oh, my gosh. I spent five minutes. Well, I don't know how long it was. It seemed like a long time. Uh-huh. Like, babying the mouse, taking it down to the lowest resolution. You know, I have one of those gaming mices you can do that with. Right. And um, finally got it eked it into a position where it was like not moving and I moved forward and it started spinning again. It was like, Oh my gosh. And several times I tried to load it and on the, you know, the, the load screen after you log in, it would just sit there for, you know, forever. And finally I would, I would give up, you know? So I finally said, okay, enough is enough. (laughs) Interesting. And, and, you know, but I, I, I honestly think, and I looked on their, you know, and that was my complaint. So I go to their website and I, you know, like, okay, troubleshoot. Let's figure out, see if I can do something to make it, you know, what do I have to do to maybe calm things down, look for an update, update a driver. I don't know. Um, right. I go to their website and there's like absolutely no, like no support. There's people complaining left and right about uh, the, you know, the Mac version. And I think it has something to do with... Um, Monterey more than anything else. Ah, okay. And, yeah, and, and uh, you know, don't get me into that. I'm, you know, one of those uh, Intel orphans that I'm starting to become. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so anyhow, I, you know, I, I spent a lot of, a goodly amount of time looking at that and finally said, you know, it's really not worth it. If I want to play the game, I'll pop over to boot camp and reload the whole thing again see what happens so i can keep it within the two hours 
um, you know, their uh, Steam will give you a, a refund if you just can't get it to work. Right, and, right. You know, it plays like a charm on Windows. Um, nice. No problem. I moved around. Can't remember what to do. So. <laughs> After all that time, I don't remember where all the controls are. It took me a while to start pulling it back into my brain. You know, I was like, oh, push this key for the horse and, and, and all this type of stuff. Um so I finally said, okay, I got it to work. If he really wants to play, I'll play with him on, you know, on that platform. But uh, I, you know, that was, again, it was another, you know, 100 megabyte download. <laughs> I just wish the code was similar enough. I could have just transferred it over, but it won't let you do that. So. Uh, too bad. And, uh, that, yeah. that would be uh, interesting. But um, the good, the yeah. good news is the, ga- the characters, you know, are, they're, they're restored on their site, so you know there was no problem moving those over. So that's good. Uh, what kind of character yeah. did you make? Did you remember, or do you remember? It was. It was. I think it, uh, I want to say Elf Ranger. Nice, nice. You know, I know awesome. she they had a bow and um, you know a couple other things, and I'm and I'm like I don't remember anything about the game. So I, <laughs> other than the fact that I had played it, so I decided, you know. The smartest thing to do for me would be to run through the beginning scenario again, get get my brain up to speed if I was going to play it, and then uh, you know, and then and then once I felt comfortable with it, pop over to my other characters that I had created and you know p- take off with them. But that makes sense. <laughs> you know, funny enough, I don't think I have you on Steam. Um, yeah, because uh, I was gonna, I thought, oh, while he's talking, I'll go look like. How much? How many hours he's played Elder Scrolls Online? Then I'm like, wait a minute, I don't think I have Ted on Steam yeah. somehow. You know, in all honesty, I'm looking at. I, you know, I don't. I don't think I. When I re- reviewed it, I don't think I had it on Steam. I think right, I had it was it, a standalone launcher. Standalone launcher at that time, so I had it. You know, I had a Bethesda account, so um, right. I'm only at 64 minutes with this game so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now my brother, who who started with Windows. He's he you know he had to start from scratch to make a character and everything, and he spent uh, over an hour and he still hasn't actually gotten into the game. He spent all that time wow. <laughs> trying to build a character and and figure things out. And he finally got into the game and his you know his time to play ran out. And he, all he got was like uh... this some sort of a chest you get for even a weekly basis or something like that. So he took that and he says, "Yeah, I'll take that." He quit. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, you know, I don't know if I'll get really into it, but it was just one of those things where he thought it might be fun. So I, you know, I went with it. Well, I know you're a big MMO guy, you know, long time yeah. WoW player, though you seem to have retired that. Um, you know, so are you an Elder Scrolls fan otherwise? Like, you know, Not- Skyrim or Oblivion or anything? Not particularly. I, I, you know, like I said, I, I played it back in the day. I, I, back at the time, it, it was clunky, and you know, uh, World of Warcraft was quite mature, and my that was my experience, and you know, mm. my, and I, you know, so I tried a new game, and I figured, okay, I'll give it a try, but compared to World of Warcraft at the time, it was kind of clunky, kind of, you know, like you found yourself standing there going. Okay, what am I going to do? Right. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's it. You don't necessarily need to be constantly fed what to do, but it kind of helps that there's a little bit of direction in a game like that, especially when you have an open world. And if I remember correctly, I think I I remember you know just kind of like wandering around through the woods and bumping into quests, and I'm going, 
you know, there's no way to figure out if I hadn't walked left instead of right, I wouldn't have never seen this guy, you know, and maybe that's real life. But, you know, I mean, that is real life. But but nevertheless, in a game, you don't want to spend hours and hours wandering around the the environment and finding nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah. So that was, that was my biggest complaint about the game is, is it wasn't, it was, there wasn't a whole lot of direction at the time. And then that's getting, it's going back to the original. So I figured, okay, I'll try again and see how much they've improved and matured over the years. And, and uh, I don't have a report on that yet though, because I haven't gotten any farther than got the game working, but. Okay, I'm I'm actually interested to hear you comment on that sometime. I played this game quite a while ago, um, for maybe about seven or eight hours. Actually, Steam says seven point six, but let's assume there's some idle time. Let's just call it like seven hours. Okay. Um, uh, uh, the best of my buddy, who's also a big MMO guy, this guy named Rob, a younger fellow. Um, actually, I think he's younger than me. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Point is, he's also a big MMO guy. You know, he played a lot mm-hmm. of WoW. Um, what? I don't know. He's been playing New World, um, some other stuff. I can't remember because I'm not an MMO guy. Anyway, uh, this was on sale. It says I last played it February 4th, but what year? Because it definitely wasn't this year. Um, trying to figure out like when I actually had this thing installed. It was a number of years ago. I think this was like 2018 or something. Um, anyway, it was on sale for $10 or $9.99. So, um, we were playing a bunch of other games at that time, you know, various cooperative games and, you know, duo games and whatever, RPG shooters and stuff. So he's like, yo, you know, he's always trying to get me into MMOs because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he knows I'm not much of an MMO guy, but he knows I like the Elder Scrolls. I'm a pretty big, you know, I'm a big Skyrim fan. Um, I was a fan of the Elder Scrolls Legends, which was a card game set in the Elder Scrolls universe, you know, okay. uh, you know think Hearthstone by Elder Scrolls. Right. Um, ultimately a different game and had some unique stuff on the board. Like the board was actually split into two sections, like two lanes essentially, which made for very interesting like board states and uh, strategy. That game eventually shut down basically, uh, unfortunately. Um, this is my favorite card game ever actually. So I'm a big really? Elder Scrolls yeah. fan. I think I had almost 400 hours into that card game. I think Ooh. 384 <laughs> on Steam. So big fan, but it was also available on Mac, which was nice um, mm-hmm. from day one, but the game didn't get enough support. I don't know. It lasted a couple of years, then the plug pulled, I guess. I, th- I think you can technically still um, buy it and play it, but there's no more updates on the devs. You know, they put out an update saying, sorry, no more updates. Right, so it's right. technically like still online and you can play like PVE adventures and stuff, but I think there's... I didn't actually check player counts lately, but there's yeah. probably not very many people playing it. Um, anyway, so my friend knowing all this was like, okay, maybe this is a way to get him into MMOs, right? Because he's <laughs> such an Elder Scrolls fan. Um, right. Of course, the previous games aren't available on Mac, like Skyrim, though funny enough, I played it on Mac through a Cider Wrapper, which was taken from, I don't know what game back then, Trans Gaming was releasing various games through through Cider Wrappers, which was a you know commercial fork of wine. Um, and the early versions were quite poor of trans gaming. The games were like really, um, stuttery and stuff. I remember playing like Prince of Persia, the reboot. Uh, I thought it was a fun game, but yeah, it was like really bad performance and stuff. Anyway, trans gaming got the optimization down later and somehow users figured out how to extract the wrapper and just drop games into it. And it was kind of almost like a universal thing that would run, which was interesting. (laughs) Anyway, uh, and Skyrim ran flawlessly. So I played a whole bunch of Skyrim back in 2011 on 
some wow. like 2010 iMac. Um, I don't recall having a single like error or crash or, you know, the game itself is very buggy. Uh, yeah, because the games yeah. are notoriously buggy, but like I didn't have like oh the mouse doesn't work or keyboard input problems or like the game's crashing or visuals are glitching out like things you might possibly expect running through wine. Um, none of that, so that was cool. Anyway, I'm getting off. I'm rambling. The point is <laughs> that's my like Elder Scrolls backstory. Um, so, but I'm just not an MMO guy. Um, so I did play for six or seven hours uh, with my buddy, and I also noticed that sort of undirected open-worldness of the game that you mentioned yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, I guess to some players, that's probably uh, what they're looking for. And that's sort of just like the... Uh, they'd find that compelling. Oh, I can just kind of wander around anywhere and find stuff and get quests and do things. Um, i probably land somewhere more in the middle. I would like some combination of freedom and guidance, especially since I'm not an MMO guy. So... I I definitely struggled. Like, wait, where are we going? Why are we doing this thing? Like, what do I do next? I don't know. <laughs> well, even uh, as an, yeah. even as an MMO guy myself, I mean, I'm the same way. I like a little, you know, a little bit of guidance. I mean, I still explore. I mean, one of my 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 favorite things in the, you know the original version of uh, World of Warcraft was I managed to get the um, the title of uh, explorer. Because I actually went to every part of the original map that, you know, they claimed as part of the the achievement. And, um, you know, I mean, I like that part of it myself. I like to see all the different parts of the things. But, you know, so I like the freedom to move around. But at the same time, I also like a little bit of guidance, something to bring me to an area so that I will go, you know, and not stumble into an area that's going to, like, um send me reeling in an instant (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um but i recall like you know the visuals were pretty good like the feeling of elder scrolls itself seemed to be captured pretty well i mean Mm -hmm. the game is rated it's pretty popular on steam i think it's rated very positive like all time and recent like people like it um and you know they update the game a lot there's always like a new expansion once or twice a year or whatever uh i think Middle of this year in the summer, they released Blackwood. That doesn't really mean anything right. to me, but maybe it means something to Elder Scroll fans. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how well this currently runs on Mac. I mean, it's got to be tough being a Mac developer these days. You have, you know, we're still dealing with like After Effects of 32 bit to 64 bit. Then we have stuff like yearly OS updates. Okay, Windows does that too, but if you're not a Mac specialist, you're, you're like, things are more prone to go wrong like i just actually updated to monterey uh this week and suddenly a few of my apps don't work they just refuse mm-hmm. to open and crash <laughs> so and that uh, they were fine before and big you know in the previous version um then we have you know the silicon hard intel to apple silicon switch it's like it's a lot to deal with in a short period of time oh it sure is yeah for yeah. developers who are not mac specialists like feral you know um, I'm hesitant to include Aspire at this point because they don't seem to release Mac games anymore. But I'll get to them later. I have a rant about Aspire. Um, yeah, so Elder Scrolls Online um, actually was going to bring them up originally. So I'm actually glad you opened with Bethesda. Um, well, actually, well, it's interesting because Bethesda doesn't make the game. They just publish it. Um, okay. The developer is ZeniMax Online, who I'm right, not. Right, ZeniMax, right, yeah. I'm not sure what else they make. 
Oh, well, maybe they're all just the same. No, wait a minute. I think ZeniMax owns Bethesda. I think they're like the... Okay, because they're just listed. All their games are listed on... Okay, it just goes to Bethesda. Never mind. There's no listing for ZeniMax on Steam. When you click on them, it just goes to Bethesda. So maybe they're just a uh, a branch of Bethesda. I don't know. Anyway, um, by all accounts, it's a pretty good MMO. Basically, you and I didn't really get into it. I, I remember playing some hours, going on some quests. It's interesting because you can run around alone and kind of pseudo-play it like, you know, a single-player game. But at the end of the day, of course, there's going to be players running around. And I remember, um, I don't know, stumbling into some town after wandering around some mountains. And I saw a town. I'm like, oh, God, there's a town finally, like somewhere to go. So I like ran over there on my horse. Um, I don't know, found some got involved in some quest somehow about uh, some stolen goods. And I had to like go spy on someone and sneak in. That was kind of fun, you know, reminiscent of like a Skyrim quest. Um so it's like, oh, go hide in this attic and, like, spy on this person. And I'm like, cool. Well, the problem is when I got to the attic, there was also, like, three other people hiding behind the box I was supposed to be hiding behind. You know, because it's a multiplayer game, right? So it's like, oh, like, the immersions. I mean, it's unintentionally hilarious, but also, yeah. like, weirdly immersion-breaking. Because it's like, here's this sneaky quest you're supposed to go do. And then you show up and there's, like, a bunch of other people there doing the same thing. So it's I was like, uh, so we're all crouched behind this box, like watching this, you know, NBC's oh. talk. And I was, yeah. you know, um, so yeah, good game. Just, you know, not the game for me, basically, because I'm just, I really struggle to get into MMOs. Uh, but I love like big RPG games, you know, like Skyrim or, you know, Divinity Original Sin series and your Diablos and whatever. Um, I guess we haven't really had a game similar-ish, like, large open-world RPG game on Mac in quite a while. I mean, the last thing that comes to mind is probably something like Fable, really, and that was, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, it's um, been a while. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, the broader, sprawling ones. We've had we've had plenty of open, not plenty, but some open-world games with light RPG elements, like Shadow of Mordor and even Tomb Raider. They're semi-open-world, and they're, like, yeah. light RPG. You have a, you know, a skill you can pick. You can you can upgrade your character, but, it's, but they aren't true RPGs. They're really action-adventure games with some RPG elements, so I'm excluding those from the category. Um, Yeah. But, uh, you know, by all accounts, it's a good game, I guess. Okay. Okay, I remember now. I had installed... I did install this. um, Actually, okay, that's why it's telling me I installed this in February of this year, is because I was doing some gameplay tests on my M1 Air, um, for Mr. MacWright, for a while I had partnered with his channel and was doing um, like Mac gaming, uh, uh, like new releases and um, some performance benchmarking and stuff like that. Uh, I don't do that for him anymore, but um, that's why I had it installed. That's why it's telling me February fourth. I'm like, I didn't play this on my iMac, and that's because I didn't. I installed it in my MacBook Air, the other ah. one, because we were just testing performance and stuff. And I do remember like getting i don't know i was in the middle of nowhere like i had no idea what was going on or anything so i just like (laughs) recorded some footage of me running around um my friend likes it a bunch though he's played it for like the guy i mentioned rob he played it for like 150 hours or something maybe by mmo standards that isn't a lot people probably sing thousands um but if you think about it like playing any game for over 100 hours is quite a lot of quite a lot of time in my opinion a lot of time yeah yeah even if like relative to maybe normal MMO standards. It's not a lot. 
Yeah. So he liked it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, on the topic of, uh, like, general, I, I mentioned I was looping back around to Aspire, um, which has no relevance to Elder Scrolls, but more the relevance of, like, Mac games and porting and stuff. Um, see, like, if we want to talk about... Uh, probably we'll save it for next podcast, really, like, year in review um, at this point, but... Just kind of in general, like you can see a clear thing, like talking about Feral Interactive in 2019, they put out quite a few games, um, like quite a lot of games. And then just as COVID-19 hit, you could see in 2020 and 2021, they put out far less games. I think they put out one or two games in 2020 and actually one, one in 2021. Mm. Um, actually, they only put out one in 2020, which was Troy. Total War Troy. In 2021, they put out Total War Rome Remastered. So a lot of Total War stuff. Um, just talking about Feral here, not other games. Though, frankly, there weren't that many. But I'm talking about, like, the Mac porting houses in general. Um, so you could see the obvious effect uh, that COVID-19 had on them. Because they had quite a big lineup in all previous years. We were getting, like, four to five big games a year. Multiple other games always announced on the horizon. And then... COVID-19 hit, and I'm not trying to get political here, it's just a fact that um, this situation has had an adverse effect on small to medium businesses all around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Feral are big in the Mac space, but by any, like, corporate like, you know, bigger business standards, and maybe some big publisher or PC developer or whatever, they're small. They're not a big company. Um, And I can only imagine that they suffered some, you know, whatever they suffered from that clearly their output has suffered, whatever the case. Um, and they've hardly put out anything Mac wise other than a total war thing. And they have said they're porting total war Warhammer three for 2022. The PC release date got moved from like basically now till February, 2022, mid February for also to be available, you know, shortly after that. So probably March, I would assume 2022 for a Mac release, something like that. Um, so basically getting like one big Mac game a year from Feral at this point mm. with that changes, who knows, but what they have been focusing on is iOS stuff. They've been putting out a lot of iOS games. Um, and we've talked about iOS a little more lately, especially since you had an iPad, uh, you were looking for some games and we had some discussions around that. Um, but it got me thinking specifically, uh, I was just thinking about it today while I was having some coffee, doing some chores, thinking about podcast topics and stuff. And then I realized, um, you know, Farrell's been shifting towards this for a while, even before the pandemic hit or the COVID-19, whatever. Um, they've, they started doing some like Android ports, iOS ports, a few Switch games, I think even. Um, but then I realized, oh, it probably makes a lot of sense, especially when times are tough, like they are now for, I'm assuming it's tough for them, to work on stuff like iOS games because A... I assume it's much easier to port an iOS game in general, like in terms of like a scope of a project than it is to port like a, you know, big Mac game. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just ignorant of that, but it it would seem to me like that might be easier. Maybe it isn't. I don't know, I guess. Um, (laughs) But in any case, they're doing a lot of it, which to me says that it's more feasible for them to do. Or it could be the simple reason that in actuality, the iOS market for gaming is actually way bigger than the Mac gaming market. 
Yeah, that's kind of where I was thinking, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe whether they're easier to report or not, if their market's a lot bigger, they're probably getting much better returns on their work at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, even if they love Mac gaming, they're a business, they need to make money, they need to keep the lights on and employees paid, you know. Um, And as much as I prefer they just pump out tons of Mac games, if, you know, what it takes to keep them going is more iOS focus and, you know, one or two Mac games a year, well, okay, I'll take it. Um, But yeah, that was my realization today. I was like, wait a minute, regardless of the projects, whether, I don't know if iOS ports are like easier or cheaper or whatever, I don't know. That would be an interesting question to find out. Um, cause like they're bringing alien isolation to iOS, for example, I don't know if it already released or it's going too soon. Um, I'm not sure about that. I guess I could just go look. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I so that it it's technically a AAA game being ported to iOS. So it's like, well, and of course then they have to do some tricks, but at this point, especially with like an iPad pro, I mean, that's just an M1 chip. The thing's really speedy. Um, but I guess I'm not sure if it'll work because I'm such such a non, okay, it's not out yet. It's just coming soon. It's still coming soon. Alien isolation. So it's not out yet. Um, I don't know, like, will it work like on, will it work up to what an iPhone 10 or below or an iPad, whatever, or below? I don't know the exact requirements, but, um, it just makes sense because there's tons of people who don't own Macs, but own iOS devices because iPads are like the de facto tablet when people talk about them and use them and iPhones aren't the de facto smartphone because, you know, Android's a huge competitor, obviously. And there's also tons of Android tablets, but it seems as far as my understanding goes, iPad kind of has the market dominance there from what I know. Um, Whereas the phone mark, smartphone market is more competitive in terms of, uh, you know, user share or whatever market share or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that just makes sense. Um, so I guess we'll see, you know, Total War Warhammer 3 coming. That doesn't excite everyone because if you're not a like real-time strategy sort of grand war kind of gamer, you're not going to be interested in Total War. Right. Um, <laughs> but if you're a Warhammer fan, it's really fun. Um, for me, I was never that interested in the Total War series before. You know, it had all the historical stuff and Napoleon and... Uh, Hannibal and, you know, through the years, all kinds of different, like, eras of conflict. And, of course... Um, I don't know. They had the Japanese ones, which were pretty cool, but I still couldn't really get into. They had the, uh, you know, the, the Chinese one, like the Romance of the Three Kingdoms thing. Um, anyway, it took Warhammer version to actually get me into Total War because I'm such a Warhammer nut. I'm like, oh, okay, now I found the game really fun. But yeah, beyond Warhammer 3, it's just a question mark. Like, maybe that'll be the only game we get for the year, and it'll be 2023 before we get another one. Don't know. Mm. Um, but in t- speaking of like releases and I'm not trying to be, uh, like a downer on Mac gaming. I'm just trying to be realistic, you know, and kind of think about it. Um, and I was looking, thinking about like notable events for the year. Um, and again, I won't get too much into this because we'll have like kind of a year in review next episode, hopefully with more, more of uh, the team. But, uh, I was thinking that Aspire Media, you know, an otherwise long-term you know, Mac porting house. Um, they got acquired by Saber Interactive this year. Oh. And one might think, 
well, really, technically, the Embracer Group and then their subsidiary, Saber Interactive. All these corporations are so confusing. They have, like, umbrella upon umbrella upon umbrella. Um, anyway, Saber Interactive is a big PC publisher. They do all kinds of stuff, and they're also a developer. Um, so they bought Aspire Media, and one might think, oh, well, maybe they won't. Who knows if they're making Mac stuff anymore? Like, it's unknown. But when I went and checked their history, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, okay, we can kind of clearly plot the course of Feral, where they're releasing tons of stuff in 2019 and before every year before that. Um, and then as soon as COVID-19 hit, things took a sharp drop. So that's kind of like an obvious reason. They didn't state it, but you just look at you look at right. the dates and it lines up like exactly. So that's pretty obvious. But then I was looking at Aspire. I'm like, well, I haven't really heard much from them in a while. And then I went and looked, and that's because they haven't put out a Mac game since 2018. Ooh well before covid uh full mm-hmm. year maybe even a year and a half if you check the dates so there's no there's no reason you can't really account for that and they've since published two or three other games in the meantime well that's the other thing they also started publishing games rather than just like developing slash porting them so they published i think two or even three pc games after their last mac game release and since then we haven't heard anything from them, other than they're working on a Knights of the Old Republic remake. But again, platforms aren't announced, so, you know, you go to their website, and even in all the statements about them being bought, it's all, you know, we are Mac porting specialists, but we also do PC stuff and mobile porting and EAS. So, <laughs> you know, we've talked about this a little bit on the show before, but seeing as Saber and Directive bought them this year, it feels a little more... Although that was back in February, so it was the start of the year. But yeah, the date thing, it was interesting to me to check those dates and look at Feral and go, okay, this is what's going on over here. It's pretty obvious. And looking at Aspire and being like, well, I'm not really sure what's going on over here. Um, other than they, in the past, and I'm talking like mid, like like uh, around the 2010 to 2016 range or or thereabouts, uh, they focused a lot on like kind of big IPs, right? They did a lot of Civilization stuff. They did Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel. They did, mm. um, what am I forgetting? Oh my goodness. I'm totally blanking. Oh, they did some Call of Duty stuff, Call of Duty Black Ops um, back in 2013, which was a pretty big hit, at least by Mac gaming standards. Um, even though it was Mac only multiplayer, um, they did a cool thing where it had cross-platform availability with not cross-platform haha you could play multiplayer with the mac app store which otherwise is impossible you want to you want to go play by civilization on the mac app store you only play with civ players you want to go buy borderlands 2 in the mac app store you can only play with other mac app store players and so on right um but black ops broke the mold you could play with steam players and mac app store players haha so suddenly you actually had like a community to play around um so it was pretty cool i got i got big into that back in the day uh put out a lot of youtube videos started clans blah 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 nowadays um you know it's 32 bits of course you can't play it unless you know you have a pre 64 bit machine or or whatever or os slash machine and of course the multiplayer community is probably all of like 10 people or something at this point uh it does it does have a rockin' uh single player campaign though but um okay 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 I'm sorry. I did aspire dirty. I'm wrong. They did drop Black Ops 3 in mid-2020. Okay. Out of nowhere. Like, 
No announcement, nothing. Literally, the day it was out, it was just, surprise, here's Black Ops 3. And everyone's like, what? Uh, okay, uh, cool, I guess. Um, I forget the exact date. Now I want to look it up. Black Ops 3 Mac. I, I remember because I showed up in an email um, on my computer. Uh, oh, I'm wrong. It was mid-2019? Why did I think it was 2020? I guess I'm an idiot. I guess apparently it was mid-2019. So this is Wikipedia, unless Wikipedia is wrong. Okay, in any case, they have released something past 2018. That's the main point. Yeah, okay. It was either so 2019 was or 2020. I'm not sure which. Um, so, okay, I did I did wrong them in my rant. Sorry, Aspire. Um, let me see if I still have the email. Oh, here it is. Yep, it was mid-2019. It's even that title of the email, Surprise. <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops 3 is available on Mac. I was very surprised. Um, quick review of that is basically it's not very good, and they really shouldn't have ported it. I don't really know why they did. Uh, it was basically dead on arrival because unlike Black Ops 1 before it, uh, there was no Mac App Store version. Um, it was only a Steam version, and even worse, there's no crossplay with PC. It was Mac only multiplayer. Mm. And if, okay, there's a single player campaign you can go in and play it. But at the end of the day, Call of Duties live and die by their multiplayer. They always have. Mm-hmm. They always have some flashy, you know, five or six hour campaign full of explosions and set pieces, and maybe some, you know, sort of story or not. Whether you consider that good, I don't know. I thought Black Ops One story was not bad. Um. But still, um, yeah, Black Ops 3 is like, there's nobody playing it because there's only other Mac users. And it's this vicious loop of anyone who looks at it goes, well, there's not enough people playing it, so I'm not going to buy it. And since nobody buys it and starts playing it, you you know, it needed like a jump start, right? Right. You know, you needed like 50, 100 people, which sounds like a stupidly small amount, but it's a lot for Mac users. I mean, even at its peak, Black Ops 1 had like five or 600 people playing it. And that was, like, a lot of people for Mac gaming. But it worked. There was tons of games to play. You could always find servers and matches. It was no issue. So um, a Black Ops 3 never got jump-started. I think at any given time, there was under 10, like, five people on it. Oof. Like, online at any given time. Um, you can go and play bots. It's not that you can't play multiplayer. You can go play with bots. But do you really want to run around just playing with bots? No, you want to fight other humans. It's more fun. It's more <laughs> challenging. Or you want to play with your buddies or whatever. So right. uh, if you have friend, if you have a group of two to four people, you could buy it for the zombie mode, which is pretty popular. Um, but that's probably I can only recommend it for. Um, regular multiplayer is dead. Was dead on arrival. I don't know why they even ported it, frankly. Um, but the zombie mode's there. So if you got buddies and want to load up zombie mode, apparently that's pretty compelling. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling, but I didn't want, I wanted to... Uh, not malalign aspire too much yeah so they did right. they did put out a game um i've always heard the licensing for newer call of duties was too expensive which explains why they didn't um you know bring out a newer call of duty you know like say 2019 okay i guess it was late 2019 but they put out modern warfare they meaning activision um and it's like oh that'd be cool if we could actually get like a new call of duty game but i heard long ago when i actually Worked with Aspire a bunch on journalism, and I wrote for their now-defunct game agent blog. Uh, yeah, the problem was licensing. Activision always charged too much. Because Activision didn't ask them to port it to Mac, which is a different case. In which case, they would pay them to port it. 
you know, this was Aspire going to Activision saying, hey, can we license a game to port to Mac? And Activision's like, sure, it'll only cost some ridiculous, I think, like <laughs> six, fig- six figure number or something to license a new one. And of course, you know, how many Mac sales are they going to get? Like, they would basically lose money porting a new Call of Duty game. And that's just sad. But the problem is Activision being greedy bums and wanting like an, a silly amount of money to port the game. It's like, come on, guys, help us out here. But they're yeah. big corporates with tons of money and tons of audience. You know, they, they, they don't have a reason to care, sadly, at this point anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, what else now that we're kind of done? Uh, complaining about various companies. <laughs> uh, what's what's been on your uh, gaming plate lately? Oh, jeez. I, you know, in all honesty, I've uh, mostly, but I've been sadly to say, mostly what I've been playing is on the wind side, and uh, I've been putting a lot of time into uh, New World, which I find really a lot of fun, and. Um, this uh, game, I, I I don't know how popular it is, but it's called Generation Zero, and uh, it's actually another one of these ones that's uh, it's it's kind of weird. It's like an open world, but it really isn't. I mean, it is it's open, but it's only like you know you and whoever you invite, or you can right. play on public servers. But it's not like people just running around. However, it's uh, it's different in the sense it's um, you against this tremendous amount of robots <laughs> ah, okay. and they've in, they've it's it's uh, the storyline is without going into a lot you know like any uh giving away anything in the later story but the the beginning thing is like the world was attacked by aliens and they've put these robots all over the world and you're like the only person around so it's like you know i know it's one of your biggest complaints in some of the games where <laughs> there's nobody else in the game or there's no one or your character never says anything because there's you know when you're interacting well this mm, this yeah. world is there's no people in the world <laughs> but you and a oh, whole wow. bunch of robots and you know it, it's it's pretty good though because there's a lot of you, there's a lot of growth in the game you can uh, develop you can find better weapons you know you start off with a, a pistol and a, a baseball bat and <laughs> work your way up into some higher level stuff but then as you do obviously the the robots you confront tend to be a little bit more powerful and they can get pretty nasty so uh, but it, it's I like it in the sense that you're not fighting other humans as much as you know you're fighting these intelligent machines and um you know it's a little bit of satisfaction to knock them out and then then later on in the 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 storyline it gets more involved and you find out what really happened and um it's uh and the other interesting thing is instead of happening in some sort of an imaginary world i think oh gosh i think it's sweden i can't remember off the top of my head uh yeah one um Yep, Sweden, nineteen eighty nine. I just looked yeah, it up. okay, yeah, and 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 it's it's kind of it's one of the fun things about it, and it you know it's kind of like the the rough translations to English on some of the stuff, and trying to you know I play with a friend, and we're trying oh let's meet at such and such a town, and neither of us can figure out how to pronounce it, <laughs> <laughs> but we get the idea across, and you know you play with someone else, and it's a lot of fun. It's a little bit buggy, um. 
one of the things I've run into uh, just like last night when I was playing was um, the game will generate more AI robots than it's capable of handling. Oh, and it will it will uh, it will just fall apart on itself. So it, obviously, when you have two people playing together, the game kind of ramps up the uh, the opponents. Except if you're doing like a major um, quest, you know, which I was trying to accomplish last night um, with two people doing it. It's like they, you know, it's wall to wall robots almost. And we were having more problems with uh, the game crashing than we were having with the robots, you know, defeating the robots. It's just a matter of being smart, keeping out of their way and, uh, you know, whatnot. But um you know, yeah, that there's a couple little bugs in it like that, but it's otherwise it's a very good game, and it's I find it really compelling to play. So, um, you know, but those that one and, and New World just a just a hoot compared to uh, some of my experience with other MMOs. Um, so can I've, you uh, talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I um, yeah I well I, you know I don't know I hear see a lot of people complaining about it online, but basically. You know, it's a huge world, open with a lot of stuff to do. Um, the game, uh, we call it the leveling system, is very um, lenient, I guess is a good word for it. There's all types of things you can do to level. I mean, it's not like, oh, yeah, go out and, you know, do this quest and you'll get something. But it, you can get... Um, you get experience or leveling points for doing crafting and there's all types of crafting to do, which is a hoot. I mean, there was this one night, you know, one of the things you can do is you can buy a house in the town and then you can build furniture for it. <laughs> wow. And I can remember one night I was like, Oh, you know, I just feel like putzing around. I think I'll go build some furniture for my house. So, you know, I went and cut down some trees and built, you know, like a bed, chest of drawers and, um, I had some iron, so I put a, a, a what do you call it, one of those uh, wood stoves in there and a uh, shelf on the wall, a chair and a kitchen table. <laughs> it's, like, nice. it's, it's really stupid, but it, it's, it's a lot of fun because it, and all these little things that you do, you get experience and then you're able to make more complex components. Uh, in in the different genres, so there's you know there's obviously the basic things like working with metals and and then forging things you know making iron equipment and um, then there's also the the magical aspects is the making the arcana like uh, healing potions mana potions and other things potions for different things and then the world is really dynamic I mean uh, one of the things that's kind of fun is there's all these different towns. And then there's these different factions. Um, there's three different factions in the world. And the factions have wars. And whoever wins, so like if, say, two towns with opposite, with different factions will have a war, whoever wins acquires the other town as part of their faction. And if the, oh, town, is part of, if the town is part of your faction, you get certain advantages if you're part of the same faction, and you, you know, which you wouldn't get if you were from a different one. So, you know, but the, the faction ownership of the towns keeps changing. You'll log on. You'll say, oh, oh my favorite town, the one I've been hanging out in, is now on the other side. <laughs> you know, that yeah. type of stuff, which, which I find, you know, which it just adds to another level. It's just what would happen if a bunch of people found a new island or world and, um, you know, they were constantly, you know, fighting amongst themselves. And, of course, 
in the world itself, there's this this um, uh, I'm trying to think of what the word for it is, but they're um, like a plague of monster things that are trying to like ruin everybody's um, take, you know, take over the world type of thing. And right. they're um, so there's always those type of battles. And then there's these little things you can do where it takes they it, they're. They, the blight is infecting an area, and it's supposed to be like a five-man group attack that b- section of blight to destroy it. And if you do, you know, the, when you're when it's blighted, you walk into the area and it's like all smoky and it's kind of red. And there's just a lot of these really blight monsters running around, and they'll attack you if you walk into it. And um, you know, if you can destroy the blight, it just disappears and goes back to normal landscape, which is kind of fun. I've done a bunch of that. Um, and there's also the, you know, kind of like a dungeons where you get into it with a group of people and there's an intention of going in you. You got to get whatever, whatever thing is hidden in there you need for whatever quest. And there could be multiple things for multiple quests in any one. So people are, you know, doing those all the time. And so there's, you know, so there's the wars between people and there's the wars between the people and the corruption (laughs) and there's the war, you know, and then there's just the regular PVP stuff going on as well as the PVE stuff, which is what I spend most of my time doing. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of stuff to do. I mean, I could spend an hour just doing one aspect. Oh, geez, I haven't worked on my logging in a while. I guess I'll go cut down trees and build something. Or, you know, I'll go look for interesting metals and build, you know, try to make a uh, a component for my, like I have a, a axe with a, a, a ability to add a, a, a gem to it. So then the gem gives, enhances its abilities. So um, they find, go find some gems and, you know, um, cut them and polish them and then you know they'll add abilities to my whatever so i mean it's all types of stuff to it and i like the i like that part of it where you it you can actually make equipment or as well as enhance equipment and the equipment that you make or enhance is is decent and the higher level your skill of ability to make uh stuff the higher level stuff that you can actually make so it's okay yeah yeah, which which is one of the problems I had with World of Warcraft. You got to a point where you would make this stuff just to get level of your skill, but none of the stuff you ever made was anywhere in the realm of what you could get by doing things. So it was like, <laughs> why bother? You know, it was the yeah, same way yeah. with it was the same way with vendors. You go to a vendor and you say, Oh, I want to buy something new and the vendor has you know, like basically junk. <laughs> right. And, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and the only purpose of the vendor was to sell the stuff you didn't want. And um yeah. Right. So whereas in New World, there is no vendors to sell your junk. The only option you have to do to get rid of it, which is kind of really unique, I thought, is um, you can um, break it up into peak components so that you say, say, if it's an iron sword, you might get an iron bar back and then you get some points towards repairing your own gear. So and in order to repair your gear, you need, you know, repair points or they they have a word for it. But um, so the the, you know, so you basically need to have those. So you you get junk that you can't use or stuff that you're not following your, you know, like you can take a path into magic. You can take a path into uh, fighting with swords or you can kind of do a little bit of both depending on how you enhance your your stats. And uh, which I also find is interesting. 
there's not any of this um, typical RPG where, oh, I want to be a magic user, and so now I'm a magic user, and I can't pick a sword up because that's against the rules, you know? Right, right. right. Whereas in this game, it's like, yeah, if you want to use a sword, go ahead. But if you want to put your stats into intelligence, then your ability to use magical enhanced items will improve. And if you want to be able to wield this massive warhammer, then you need to put it into your strength. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to pick it up or carry it because, you know, there's a there's a you know, the your ability to carry weight is also based on um, it, um, your stats. So it's right. not like you can just buy a bigger bag like in World of Warcraft. You know, uh. I used to make these bags that would hold like, you know, 30 slots in them. And you could sell them on the market because people wanted them. And the thing is, so, but it didn't matter what was in them. You know, it could be a horse. It could be a, you know, a, a small little ring, but it would still fit in the one slot. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> in this game, it's about weight. So you have a, a, a sack and you have a weight limit. And uh, so if you want to carry a big, a big war mallet, it weighs. 10 pounds or whatever it, you know, and you're, you know, you can't carry it if you have filled up with other stuff. <laughs> so it's a little more realistic or a little bit more um, realistic. Yeah, and it makes, yeah. it makes it a lot of fun because, you know, you, when you think about it, okay, if I want to be a strong person, I'll put my work into strength or, you know, and that will give me the ability to carry more. Or if I want to be a magic person, I'll put my thing into intelligence and I don't get, you know, so the strength isn't there, but I can get along because I can fight my way through things. So I, I like that. It gives you more freedom to do stuff and change your mind if you want to. So, yeah, nice. I, can, I can rattle on forever on that. I've really been enjoying it. So, no, oh, it sounds like a pretty good implementation. Um, and while there's no um, there's no native Mac version, it does run quite well through GeForce Now. Um, uh, which oh, you I haven't seen it on GeForce Now. Uh, do, do you see it there? Yeah, no, it's there. You just punch okay. a new world, it shows up. Oh, good. Um, I haven't seen it. I actually thought about trying that. Um, the other thing is, you know, just like anything else, um, I actually got in touch with the company and sent them some feedback when, you know, they were asking for feedback. And okay, I said, nice. please, please get me a Mac version. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> because it's like, yeah, I, I'm going to ask. It's a great game. And I, I actually said that. I said, you know, there's a lot of guys I know that would like to play it on the Mac. And, you know, if you made a Mac version, you'd probably get more customers. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is sure. the Amazon. I mean, they're always looking for customers. They are. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's uh, one thing you can rely on, I think. Amazon wants more customers. Um, I mean, everyone does, but, like, there's this thing where, like, Amazon's slowly taking over the world sort of feeling. So, um, yeah, I'll believe that. Um, but I've heard pretty good things about it through GeForce Now. So if you don't want to bother boot camping and or you can't boot camp for whatever reason, um, check out GeForce Now. I'm always plugging it because I think it's an awesome bit of yeah. software and it has one hour free sessions so you don't even need to pay anything to go check it out yeah uh, i believe new world is a paid game though right it's not like a free to play yeah, it's, a, it's a paid you buy the game yeah but right, i right, mean right. it wasn't i i think it was like well a week ago last week maybe it was on special for you know a discount so i mean right. you know good thing about steam is they uh they often discount games or have midweek madness or something like that keep your eyes open but, um, yeah, I've I've noticed that even for fairly new games, like yeah, um, yeah, whether it's New World, which was just released in late October, so it's pretty new, yeah, um, 
or something like Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm referencing PC games here. Yeah, yeah. Single-player game, like, that just released, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And then whatever, the Steam sale hit, and boom, it's like 20 30% off. Yeah, yeah. No, I picked up... Not, yeah. I was going to say, I picked up Borderlands 3 on, on, the, oh. on the Windows side, and they discounted it, like, you know, half price. So I picked up... <laughs> I was going to buy it anyhow. I picked up two copies and gave one to my brother. <laughs> oh, snap. Maybe I can uh, join you sometime. I'm a huge Good. Borderlands fan. Yeah. Um, so... Speaking of Borderlands, um, I did just post a review of it this week to uh, the MGC website and Inside Mac Games Forum. Very in-depth review of Borderlands 3 and all the DLC, actually. So oh, nice. I'm curious. I don't spoil anything so um it would actually be interesting if you took a peek at that sometime and or maybe after you played it some more um and see if you like agree with my pros and cons okay um, where was where that posted uh on the mac gamecast website or inside oh, mac, mac games forum okay what either or it's the same review posted in both places okay i'll look um, there yeah i know what that yeah. is okay mm-hmm. um yeah but i'm a big fan um there's a little bit of weirdness going on there the Mac version can play with anyone else. Uh, one of the benefits of it being ported in-house by Gearbox, for example, back in the day with, say, Borderlands 2, Feral ported Borderlands 1, so it's pretty funny. Each game was ported by a different company. Um, Borderlands 2, when a new patch came out, which was relatively often, you had to wait one or two weeks from a first buyer to patch it before you could play with PC users again. If you're only playing with Mac friends, it didn't matter. You could just play. But if you had any PC friends, you, there was a version mismatch because they had the oh, new one and you yeah. were behind. Yeah, I ran uh, into that. Yeah. Yeah, I ran into it fairly often because I was playing with some PC buddies, mix of Mac and PC buddies. None of that. None of that is the problem in Borderlands 3. Everything's same moment, same day, whatever. You can play with PC people. You can play with console players. You can play with anyone. The only caveat is there's no Mac version on Steam, and I have no idea why. Yeah, I know. I've kept kept looking for it because I wasn't going to buy it on another well, platform because I already well, owned yeah, it. Well, on... yeah, yeah. The only Mac version is on Epic Game Store. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why it doesn't make any sense to me, other than I feel like they're too lazy to want to manage like two repositories. Like, oh, there's an update. We got to push like the Mac update and the PC update on Epic. But I'm too lazy to like do that on Steam, so we're just going to release the Windows version. That's like the only reason I can imagine. Well, the other thing is, didn't uh, Epic have the original release of um, uh, Borderlands 3 when it came yes, out? Yes, it was exclusive for maybe even up to a year. I think yeah, a year. it was a while, yeah. It was a while, yeah, because I bought it, day, I had pre-ordered it actually um, back in 2019. I think it released in September, September 21st, I believe, 2019. I had already pre-ordered it, played it literally day one, got home from work, hopped on. I had a buddy ready to go <laughs> and we played it and it was a great time. Well, it wasn't that great, actually. It was crashing on me constantly. Uh, and the time I opened my inventory to, like, switch guns, crash. So, oh, you no. know, that's a little hard. But next day, it was fine. Uh, but a month later, or not even a month later, uh, three weeks later or something, they released the Mac version, or about a month later. So then I just started playing it on the Mac side. Um, so, uh, but it's interesting. What I noted in uh, my review is, even though the game is over two years old, um, it feels really fresh because they've constantly patched the game and updated it. Um, and the DLC honestly only recently finished a couple of months ago. Like they released the final one. Yeah. Um, so that's been ongoing and they also do cool stuff like seasonal events and, um, timed events 
and basically just kind of lots of fun new stuff, new challenges, new challenge levels, new like raids to play, uh, you know, free free of charge, just free updates to the game. Um, so even if you just buy the core game, you have quite a lot of, I mean, oh, is it it's, honestly, yeah. it's yeah. a long game. Yeah, it was a lot it's a fun. long game. It's actually got a lot more content in it than Borderlands 2 core game. It's much longer and much bigger. Um, the Borderlands 2 DLC is far better. I only liked one out of four DLC packs in Borderlands 3. Okay. I mean, I... Okay. W- yeah. Uh, how mu- Yeah. Sorry. I'm kind of rambling. How much have you played of Borderlands 3 so far? I finished it all the way through uh, with one character. And um, I started a second one. But they, they did an update to it. And I... It was kind of getting a little clunky, and another game come up, so I came up, so I I kind of, but I actually went through the whole, you know, the whole story with Borderlands Three with one character. Oh, nice. Who'd you? Uh, what character did you? Pick? Uh, the what do you call it? The robot guy. I can't think of his name right off the top of my head. Um, uh, Flack. Yeah, Flack. That was it. The Flack, Beastmaster. Yeah. yeah, the Beastmaster. Yeah. With the, I got the yeah, the monkey with the guns. <laughs> The jabber, yeah, okay, nice. <laughs> Sit back and let the monkey shoot everything. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, he's a fun character. It was a lot uh, of fun, yeah. Yeah, I played through as Amara myself, the okay. siren. My the buddy siren, did plays yeah. Flack, though. So, I, yeah, I got to see a lot of monkeys and other stuff running around <laughs> in my game. Uh, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it was a good. lot of fun. You pick up stuff. Yeah, I like some of the, the cosmetic stuff that was in the game too you know pick up a hat or a, a face or something for your character at least for flack i don't know how it was for the other characters because flack yeah, it was is pretty good pretty yeah. good i mean flack's one of the cooler if not the coolest kind of designs from like just a core standpoint um yeah because he's like this badass robot but he's got this like trench coat as well <laughs> so he's this weird mix of like obviously like technological because he's a he's a robot um but then he's got this sort of like almost old west sort of dusty trench coat thing going on (laughs) um yeah he's really cool his design is really cool i think he was a fan favorite in my as far as i know yeah it was a lot of fun the second character i did was the uh Oh, the uh, the military female. I can't think of her name. Uh, Moe's the gunner. Yep. Yeah, the gunner. And she has this, you know, robot suit you get into. Well, not a robot. It's an armored uh, armor fighting suit, like battle suit or whatever right, you get into yeah. for a short period, which is pretty nice. Has some nice features. So but I didn't get too far with her. Sure. Yeah. She's her. Her skills interesting. Uh, Iron Bear is the mech, the armored suit. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like less active than the other characters because they can use their action skills far more often mm-hmm. um whereas hers is kind of like a big cooldown, and you get this like i don't know brief moment of i don't know like maybe 20 seconds or something of like superpower because the mech's really strong the mech is yeah. Um, yeah it like totally melts bosses and elites and stuff <laughs> or just lots of mobs and you can equip all kinds of cool different guns on it and rail guns and grenade launchers and flamethrowers and whatever um but it is a she's a little bit less active than the other characters with her action skills specifically because it has a pretty long cooldown. I think it's almost a minute mm-hmm. or something. I mean, you can reduce that through skills or gear, but I'm just talking like baseline stats. Right. I noticed that when I played her, same thing. She's this character I also tried. I didn't finish a run with her, but I got her up to like level 40 or something. Um, 43 maybe. Anyway, I I thought she was pretty fun, but especially coming from Amara, who's hyperactive. She has, like, really low cooldowns on her action skills. It was kind of like, 
I felt like I was waiting around a lot to use my action skill. Like, come on, mm-hmm. hurry up, come up, cool down. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's a great game, um, and the crossplay is nice. Like, I like Epic can play with Steam, no problem. Um, for example, like you and I could play, that would okay. be fine. You know, even you already have the Steam version. So, yeah, Borderlands, great game. Uh, even in 2021, um, just for some reason, you'd have to buy it on the Epic Game Store. Um, and sadly, that is a game that is not available through GeForce now. It was back in the beta, but then, anyway, weird stuff happened with publishers and they pulled their games when it went live, so can't do it anymore. Anyway, um, that'll probably be it for this episode. We complained about some companies, yacked about some MMOs, uh, had a good time at Borderlands 3. Um, I guess quick conclusion on Borderlands 3, like, would you recommend it as a Borderlands fan, or you still prefer, like, Borderlands 2, or, like, what's your, like, quick conclusion about that? I no, I, I would write, definitely recommend Borderlands 3 for Borderlands fans. I think it was very, very well done. The story was a lot of fun. It was really fun watching it, the, the story reveal as you move through the, the you know, the, the game. And um, I haven't played any of the DLCs, but, uh, you know... Um, I uh, really did enjoy the, you know, the going through the game itself. So, um, yeah, I thought it nice. was definitely worth the money. Yeah, yeah. If you want, if you happen to have the DLCs, I don't know what package you bought. Um, the first one is really good. It's really fun. It's it's really strong. Uh, Mad Moxie's no handsome Mad Moxie's heist and the handsome jackpot. It's got some long name. Okay. Um, it's technically no. the first one in the series. Um, if you are going to play one, play that one. It's really good. It's okay. like top notch. The others are kind of like, eh, pretty questionable, but that one's really strong. So that would be my suggestion. If you ever going to revisit Borderlands 3 and want to play more of it, check out that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do us for episode 21. So thanks a lot, Ted. And hopefully we can all gather next week and maybe kind of discuss year in review or, you know, stuff we're looking forward to in 2022 and things like that. Sounds good. All right. Cheers, Ted, and uh, see you next time. Yep. Take care. Bye-bye. A big thank you to Kevin McLeod for the intro and outro music. Be sure to check out his library on the web. You can find more episodes of our show on our website, macgamecast.com, or in all major podcast directories. If you enjoy the show, please consider commenting, following, or sharing. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time.